And then he said, don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems, wish for more skills. I can't catch a break, guys. Yeah. Get them the fuck away from me. I can't, I can't be around those guys. People think, oh well, cleaning your room, that's just a cliche. It's like, yeah, really, eh? Just go ahead and try it. If people had any idea how powerful sleep is for healing from anything, and the fact that it's free. My mind is absolutely bulletproof, solid as a rock. Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fighting Fifth Show. Where this week we're going to cover whatever comes to mind. We're going to be covering such events such as the National Fitness Game, Stephen Stagdu, and much, much more. Joining me with myself is Chris Mulligan. How are you, Chris? I'm good. I'm good. So from the weekend. I apologize if that was too loud in your ears. Uh, so what are we going to talk about today? Um, so just a quick review on, obviously I didn't get a chance to go up to the National Fitness Games. How did it go? Uh, it was class. It was sick. Was it, it was, was a, very it was tough. Sorry. Was it better? Uh, it was different. I don't, wouldn't say better or worse. It was different. Uh, it was a lot more, um, like I say, like regimented. Uh, there was way less gaps between it. So it was only, I think it was half an hour between each event. So once you started competing, it was like you did one event, you got half an hour to refuel, then another event, half an hour to refuel, and then another event. And uh, so you're still pretty wrecked. Like the the last fitness games before that, you had a couple hours, maybe an hour or maybe 90 minutes between events. So you'd lose the time to recover, lose the time to rest up. But with this one, you were just cooling down and then you had to go again. So uh, it's pretty cool. Was that was, was that extremely difficult or was it worse the last time when you kind of seized up for a while? Hmm. Uh, I feel, I don't know, it's fresh from my head this time, but I feel like it was worse this year in terms of, I mean, but at the same time, once you start, it's it makes no difference. Do you, I mean, you can just feel yourself, like you feel yourself starting to get stiff and sore and all that jazz. And then after, once the bell goes for the first one, it's like, go, you forget about it. You know, exercise is so hard. It really is. It's tough enough. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it depends. Unless you're you're just doing low intensity, low intensity running or walking, it's easy. All right, rubbing in. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the games. Let's talk about the games. Uh, we had two teams going. Uh, we had a team of ladies and we had a team of lads. And the way it worked is, the ladies went first. They did all three events. The three events were were strength. Um, in the strength section, you had to your whole team had one rack and they had to they had eight minutes to get their three rep max on their bench and they had eight minutes to get their three rep max on their back squat and then eight minutes to get their three rep max on their deadlift uh so was it 24 minutes in total um everyone has to work like a well-oiled machine people are standing at the sides of the bar don't take them it's on taking them off communicating making sure they know what weights are going on next might be a little bit of confusion sometimes with um a little bit of confusion with like what weights to put on all that sort of stuff for the ladies i was able to stand like beside my coach the guy adjudicating it joe it seemed like he was a let's say a novice in the gym and you know, i was basically calling the reps for him like there was sometimes like where one of the ladies didn't get that low enough for the back spot and i was like no rep and then there'd be times where he'd be like ah no rep. like no i was a rep you know, like it's just silly stuff like that there um so that was pretty cool the ladies uh I think a couple of them hit PBs on the day, which is real cool. Like the adrenaline and everyone screaming. CJ and Peter were the best supporters ever. CJ just screaming at the top of her lungs every single day. God, God, God. It was, a, it was class. And then after the strength, we had endurance. Endurance, I think, was the toughest event. Uh, it was very, very, very difficult. You, The endurance event, let me see. Two, it's hard to explain, but there, you have a team of four. Two people are running together um at a time and they have to finish at the same well for the next team the next half of the team to go that both put players have to be back so two ladies would run up run back run up run back run up run back so three lengths or up and back three times and then the other team would go as soon as the other team goes up and back three times well then it's how many uh, calories on an air bike versus and a skier together can you uh, get done at a time you need one bike and one skier and uh, that was really, really tough. So we had to try and coordinate between like you know, getting as much effort out and then as soon as you're tired, swapping over with someone else and trying to maximize rest and maximize output to get as many calories done. So, and then you had to do the, Then once that was done, you had two minutes to do synchro up downs with your whole team. 
So a synchro up down is basically an up down is basically a burpee, but you don't jump. Okay, and everyone has to be down on the floor at the same time, and everyone has to be standing up at the same time. Otherwise, the rep will not count. And the uh, the ladies kind of got uh, they got someone who has been stupid strict, stupid, stupid, stupid strict on the synchros. Like I was watching, I was in coaching, and I was seeing her basically miscount reps, like no rep, and all of them did it, and then she'd be like no rep again because someone stood up like a second sort of too late, and then like like we're in a lane, and then there's like. I don't know, like 20 teams this way and three or four teams this way. I'm just seeing the chaos. Do you want everyone getting wrecked with terrible, terrible synchronization? And then this one just being dead particular. I was dead. I was very, very, um, very annoyed yeah. about that. When we were there last year. We, we noticed the same thing. Basically, something similar happened last year. It sounded a little bit like an excuse. Um, but like it is, it's very, very frustrating when teams are getting away with bad reps and you're doing them properly. And that kind of all that happened to us let alone getting proper reps and getting no rep that would be that would be a bit of a pain to your means you're not in the olympics because like, you're not looking at like synchronized swimming it's like they're synchro it means similar times it doesn't mean doesn't mean directly to the millisecond which is you know obviously maybe the the official crossfit games but in the novo category that's a bit harsh yeah yeah but at, at the same time everyone has to work to a certain standard it was just the thing the thing that was prevalent is that the standard wasn't consistent because um now again i didn't organize i'm not criticizing anyone for organizing that or anything like that but um the people who were adjudicating the rep knowledge as were like volunteers you know they were just and i don't think like some some of them uh, i don't think had like any sort of background in fitness as well they're just sort of like oh Joe, could you, would you help out there like oh yeah okay i'll help John, yeah, uh, just I, hand I, the clipboard and the thing being like ah. i remember it was like uh, when i was starting coaching as well it's like you don't know like you just don't know and so just if you if you're not a coach and there's no experience and you're not a competition i always remember a story of me going to a um, college i remember mm-hmm. we were doing uh we we're doing a game <laughs> and i remember and so we're basically meant to be referees for a game that i've never played so i was like listen i was like i can't be a referee like i don't know the rules like oh no you have to you have to you have to, you have to. i was like i don't how can you referee a game when you don't know all the rules like, and i'm like these are these are these boys are about seventeen years of age, taller than me, super competitive, playing probably a semi final or a final, and I'm literally there like refereeing. Oh yeah, blowing the whistle, giving free kicks the other way. It's like listen, and then the lads were like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I was like, "I don't know. I don't play." Yeah, like I'm sorry. It's like the, your your goalie is wearing this. Their goalie's wearing the same jersey as you. I don't know which team is playing which way. To be fair, it's like I'm not good at this. I'm very sorry. I'm sorry for all the mistakes. Luckily enough, it was only like two minute fight, two two five minute aside games. And after I did the first one, I was like, "Don't ever ask me to do that again." A big smelly hole. And it was honestly, it was, it was the worst experience of my life because I, because I, as an athlete, know what it's like. Like even just the national fitness games you're talking about, there is like bad refing is such an issue and such a problem during a competitive game. Like I generally give a free kick the wrong way, and the lads and the other team took it. And the other team like, oh, okay, I'm sorry, uh, but yeah. so bad referee, not not ideal. Yeah, it's not. But uh, it's more of an afterthought anyway, I think, at, at the games. I think it should just be more of a forethought to see who, who they're getting to think. But on top of that as well, there's so many teams. Like, you need so many. You know, yeah, it's hard to get. And then anyone who, who would be, let's say, uh, you know, good at adjudicating it probably wanted to compete as well. So, stuck me in a rock and hard place. Well, anyway, so that was the endurance. So, the, the endurance, you have to do that, then you do, your, you do all that twice. Okay, so I think he had like um, 12 minutes to get the run done, get the calories on the bike, and it was as many as you can get, as many calories you can get, and then you get two minutes to do your up-downs, and then you get two minutes rest, and then you do it all over again, and it's atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. The second time you do it, you're just like, you're just like I don't want to be here. The um, question, question I want to know is why, no, obviously, not, not, not in a smart way at all, why didn't he just win? Like, what do you feel like the, like, how big was the gap was it endurance? Was it strength? Like, was, was um, okay. Well, tell t- you what, I'm going to go over the mixed modal first. And now we can talk about that next. Okay. So the third phase uh, after endurance was the mixed modal, and the mixed modal the way that worked. Um, how did that work? It was basically you had to cover a certain amount of calories on the bike. It was 100 for lads, 70 for ladies, uh, and then it went to like 80, 80 burpee box jump overs, um, where you'd basically jump in the box, walk across it, and then go to the other side. Um, you had 80 of those. Then you had 60, um, 60, what, what did we have 60 of? I think it was 60, uh, med, not med ball, 
it's kind of think, imagine like a sandbag, a big a heavy sandbag that was about um, I was forty kilos or something like that. There, where you just have to get it from the ground to your shoulder, and then we had thirty alt uh, alternating cleans um, with the dumbbell, and they had to be synchronized. And then what was the last one? Uh, and then there was squats. Okay, so and there were synchro squats. It was like twenty synchro squats. So it went like a hundred. 80 60 40 20 and the you can all you can you had to switch teams every two minutes so let's say me and you were doing it and brandon and peter or Stephen and peter were were doing it me and you're working together we get to decide how long we spend on the row machine whatever we want to get through that 100 calories as quick as we possibly can and then after that if we get through the 100 calories within two minutes both of us would move on to the 80 burpee box jumps but at some point, we're going to be interrupted by the timer, and then we get two minutes to rest, and the other team would come in. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And then they would continue pick up where we left off. The majority of the time was spent on the burpee box jumps. The majority of the time, 80 burpee box jumps, just insane. And uh, we normally used um, benches for it, so they had like actual boxes there. And there's like there is a technique in doing it. Do you know, there is a technique. You do your thing. You turn to the side a little bit. You go left foot, right foot, hop off, then then repeat yeah, right foot, well, left foot, hop off. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There, there is a way to do it. Um, so most of, most of our clients didn't really know uh, how to do that, um, and they didn't really have it drilled. But on top of that, there's still eighty of them. Do you get me? Like even there's people who did know how to do it, and they were wrecked by the end of it as well. So it's not really a, a wasn't really that much of a factor. But that took the majority of the work, and then the um, I think it was, what was it called? I forget the name. But this sandbag yoke, anyway. Get that from the ground to on top of your shoulder. The ladies did it like I think there must have been about ten reps taken off the the ladies because they get it, touch their shoulder, and then drop back down. But then we are be like, no rep has to be on your shoulder, so it'll be up on on top of the shoulder and back down. Um, but at the same time, like everyone else was getting it on their shoulder and back down, not just touch, drop, touch, drop. Does that make sense? Yeah, so yeah. you just have so have have that standard. Uh, and then after that, it was the cleans. The cleans actually went super super handy. Was it clean and jerk? I think it was clean jerk race, boom, boom, overhead back then. So that had to be synchronized, and if it wasn't synchronized, you wouldn't get it. And then after that, it was the 20 squats, the synchro squats. They were basically done almost instantly. And yeah, so that was the mixed modal. That was pretty tough as well. Uh, technique was probably the main factor of that. Technique and like coordination and understanding the movements and knowing what was required for each one. Um, I think that was the biggest factor in that. And why let's say they didn't win in terms of the strength um why they didn't like let's say come first obviously some of them just aren't super duper strong like or weight is a big face on the standard like what like water like what like, so how strong is the average competitive there like it depends so for the ladies it was different to the lads like for the lads there was like we were literally beside someone who's pulling i think it was like 245 or something like that there for their deadlift squatting 180 kilos uh, I don't know what the, I don't know what the bench was, but like, like literally just ridiculous, like a ridiculous number. But the man who was doing it was, I think he was six foot four, fucking this wide, like he was absolutely massive. But I do also like part of it is like in the noble category, it's a bit like that's ridiculous. That's like they're like really, really advanced numbers in terms of strength training. That's like that's very, 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 very big numbers for that. Um, for the for the ladies, and um, the ladies were all trying to get, I think it was like eighty k around eighty kg squats. Nicola got, I think it was a hundred. A kg squat and then it was around 100 kg deadest for all the ladies as well about 45 50 kilos for their for their bench so in powerlifting standards what you would like to see is something maybe around 55 60 kilos for the bench 110 kilos for the squat 100 kilos for a squat and then maybe 135 140 150 kg uh if 150 if they're real strong real real strong um and that's that's kind of what i was seeing for someone but again they there's different somebody does well in the strength probably won't do very well in the endurance and somebody does well in the endurance might not be well in the thing and what i like the ladies the ladies in general were were quite light like um i don't think anyone was over 60 kilos for the ladies or maybe 65 uh so so there is that as well um and then the mixed modal i just think it was like coordination technique knowing how everyone was done because it did change quite a bit as well there was different standards there was mess ups midway through and then the person adjudicating it didn't really give clear instructions sometimes as well like those little reps done out like in the mix model there's supposed to be a two minute rest and um like that we were working through that rest at one point as well so only because we didn't know that we had to stop does that make sense 
so uh, and it was, uh, but again, next year it was the first time, first time competing for the lads. Um, for the lads again, I just wonder, just wonder, like you know, what what is the room to improve? Obviously, like obviously, there's always room to improve, but I just wonder, it's like, just like I mean, like what is the standard for an over category? Just be interested to know, like, what does a winning grade look like? How fit are these boys? Like, is, is it is it like people are nearly you know crossfit proper athletes winning it or 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 a guy close because they're super fit i would say i would say i would say it's close i would say it's close like there's there's some people in the nova category who are you know probably getting in the competition reps if that makes sense and like do using that as practice for for the bigger ones but in, in saying that like the like imagine imagine a team of four of me like me and you twice okay and then Joe, we got one of us who's like real, real, real strong, and then another one who's like real, real, real fit, and then another one who's Joe both Joe, and then one's really good at doing that. Like it would have been like that. Like there is, there was really, really good teams there as well. So uh, yeah, was, I, I was really impressed. I was actually really, really impressed. There was loads of like absolute brilliant athletes up there as well. And then the warm up area for the squats and the deadlifts, like some of the form of the squats, I was just like, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's because again, like you, you would hope that the cream rises at the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was really cool. cool. So, uh, so yeah, the the lads went first, or the ladies went first, and the lads went second. And uh, by the end of it, we didn't even stick around for the announcement like that because we were all just wrecked. I was like, after doing like the competition, I was I just want to go to sleep. Man. So, so that's the the FF or the NFG games. It's pretty cool. Congratulations, guys! Anybody who competed, you're an absolute legend. We are proud yeah. of you. Uh, should we name drop them? Name drop them all. Three. Uh, so we got Benny, Eamon, Ed, and me for the lads, and then we had uh, Sonia, Rachel, Thersha, and Nicola. Nicola, Nicola Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Love it. So next on the agenda, the stag. This stag. This. So, <laughs> shooting is very difficult for anybody who's ever done clay pigeon shooting fair play to you if you're if you're doing well Liam Doyle one of the clients here absolutely smashed he won fellow owns um, the local airsoft company unbelievable literally uh, hard for that man to miss how, how many shots did we get 24 24 26 something like that 20, so uh, 24 shots I think he hit 17 I think so 17 and then the last one the fire um, like two at a time so like every so, so the way it works is the fire a clay pigeon out one comes up you try and track it and then you try and shoot it but then and then they have one one side and you do a few on that side and then you one on the other side they launch a few that side but then on your last go they shoot out two at the same time it's trying maybe track two at a time or pick one out of the two to hit and then you get two so you go pull and then one will fire and then another one will fire and then that happened on both sides so the first two fired and then the second two fired and lean out of four with two shots hit three of them how accuracy how hey um so you you did really well in clay pigeon before didn't you oh before but that's, i was literally saying like i think there were bigger bullets bigger spread better angle and probably bigger bigger discs like i did i couldn't miss the last time but lean did say something interesting to me this time um, that i never realized there was one dot on the end of the gun because there were similar guns, but there were different guns. Like the, the other one had two triggers, this one only had one trigger. Um, the sight had this one had one. I'm pretty sure the last one had two. And so the benefit of that would be that even though I had the dot on the on the on the the, the clay pigeon, the disc, whatever it was, the bottom of it could have been out. out. Yeah. And so I wasn't lining up the butt of the gun or you know the bottom of the barrel. With the top of the barrel, I was just lining the top of the barrel up, and obviously that's no good. Whereas maybe the first time I was getting the two of them lined up, so that's something to know. If anybody's going clay pigeon shooting, you're looking to pressure friends, make sure the bottom of the barrel is lined up with the top of the barrel where you shoot. Because I kept noticing that I kept like I'm like, all oh, right, I'm getting the the I'm getting the sight right on it, and then I'd shoot, and I'm like, this gun feeling like is way off. I was like, oh, why not? And it's Sometimes you be you have your your target like right on site. You shoot and you just miss. You how did I, how did it miss? And then sometimes sometimes you hit a, you'd hit a shot and then you just be uh, you're like I didn't even think I hit that there. I mean it blew up. Same. So that was the clay shooting and then bubble football, guys. This is what I really want to talk about. Bubble football is my new passion. Bubble football is possibly the greatest sport that has ever been invented. 
And it is also equally one of the most challenging sports I've ever played in my life. After about six minutes, I was collapsed on the side, my hands and my knees and my big bubble bent over. Um, honestly, some some sport, if you ever get a chance to play it, guys, you don't have dodgy knees or dodgy back. It's certainly worth a while playing. And it's absolutely, like, it's a workout in, like, from hell. What do you think? Yeah, I thought it was... I felt like after the first, like, two minutes, I was like, oh, I was... Uh, I didn't know how I was going to keep up. And then, like, I hit, like, a second wind or something like that there. And then it was, like, I just hit a steady thing. I was, like, I'm happy suffering. Let's just keep going. And um, I found that at the start, I was very strategic. And uh, I was looking to see if people were on, like, one leg or two legs to see if I could hit them or if we were going to get a ball or if they were taking a step. Um, I was trying to get under people and try and use brute force. And then also, I just, I was very arrogant as well. I was always looking for the big guys and like being like, I can, like I'm the strongest person here. I can, I can take whoever I want to. Um, and then I was able to do that confidently enough for like a couple of minutes. And then I got hit from behind in one place. And I got hit in the other. I ended up on my arse with loads as well. So uh, it was real cool. Getting low, there was one one moment where he was trying to nail uh, he charged straight for me and I like shuffled towards him a little bit and then I just planted my feet, ducked down a little bit, got under him and he just hit me and like did a backflip. It was insane. Pretty badass to be fair. I remember uh, when we were playing, I, I couldn't find the football for the first 10 minutes. But I remember... <laughs> there was a football? Eventually a football came out. My God, I kicked to the football. But the best, if anybody wants some tips, some pro tips for bubble football, just when people turn around, that's when you get them. That's all yeah. I did. Just you wait until someone turned around and then you just absolutely welling them from behind. And um, I remember I was doing something similar to yourself. I was trying to go for the big lads. And physics really matters because I kept running into the big guy and I just get bounced away. But there was one time we were playing a game and you kind of have to run from one end to the other and just try and swap sides. Just run into whoever's there. And I remember at some, I think, but my velocity was so, like, because I, I made it a point, I was like, I'm going to be the first one, I'm going to have the most momentum, I'm just going to absolutely sprint and go hell for leather. And I managed to take out the two boys by simple fact that they were barely moving at the time. So I'm sure if there's any physicists listen, listening, you could explain that. F equals MA. That's what I said. Force equals mass times acceleration. So, so if someone is, right, velocity and acceleration are two different things. So velocity is like how fast you are currently going. Acceleration is the rate at which you are changing speed. So you're going from like one speed to a higher speed to a higher speed to a higher speed. Like that rate of difference is really important. So uh, your the force that you hit them with is equal to your math by how quickly you're increasing your speed. Does that make sense? And that's that's what gives you the force. So uh, if you go from like... If you go from like being like still to moving real, real quick and real, real fast, there's a lot of acceleration there, and then that will produce way more force. So there you go. Hey, you're very clever, Chris. You listen to physics class. Who's your physics teacher? Uh, Mr. Markey. Shout Mr. out. He's Mr. actually Mark. one of my favorite. He's one of my favorite teachers ever. Legend. And our two, two, two of my favorite teachers have actually passed away, and so listen, you should uh, you should cherish your teachers while they're here, because yeah. again, I think it's so so funny. Like two, two, two of the teachers who were the nicest to me, are now gone, and you'll never get to say thanks or anything like that. You probably never see him again, never see him about, hey, how's it going, sir? High five, what's crack? Um, so, this is it. Time is fleeting. Time is fleeting. So, in terms of fitness, bubble football, very, very difficult, very high demand, very little skill required, very little goals scored, uneven teams, whatever, whatever. Great crack. It was still great crack. Wait there, it was still great crack. Oh, no, like it was unbelievable. I literally didn't care about the score, it was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I just care about milling everyone. Paintballing. Paintballing okay. in terms of fitness, not very difficult. In terms of upselling, very lucrative. In terms oh, man. Man, I like it. Literally, it wasn't even an option. Like, after... All right. Take, you, you take over, because I'm actually getting frustrated already. <laughs> I remember... So, basically, we were, playing, we were playing one game first, which was essentially one team had a base, and... They had to hold the base and shoot the quote-unquote missile launchers, the rocket launchers, and it was basically big plastic buckets with wooden arrows that you basically had to take from one end and put it into the into the missile launchers. That's that's a point for you. And what ended up happening was I ended up maybe shooting like ten or twelve shots that entire round, like not a whole pile, because you're too busy getting absolutely fleeced by a team that are standing up there. 
And I'm telling, obviously, I'm sure people who are listening to this have done paintball, but if you haven't, it is, how sore do you think getting shot by paintball is? It's at least twice as sore. It's sore enough. It's sore enough. <laughs> it's sore enough. You're waiting for a response from no one. It's sore enough that it genuinely hurts. Like, it genuinely, like, it's generally not only just painful, it's very painful. Like, it's going to make you wince. If you're a little scaredy cat, you're probably going to cry. If you get shot four, four or five times in a row, it draws blood. It leaves a bruise. It will, if it's in the head, it's going to lump. If it's in the finger, it's going to swell. Like, my finger is literally swollen. It's sore. Obviously, it's not like, oh, it's not like horribly sore, but it's like, I mean, you're not going to want to take more than two or three shots. And no, you get two. You, you get hit. Like, so the rules, I think it's important to, to elucidate this point. All right. When we were getting set up for the games, normally what is supposed to happen is you get shot, put your hand up, you go, oh, I'm out. I'm out, and then everyone basically tries to avoid you, uh, avoid shooting you. You're like scary cats crawling off the back to your spawn point. But what the guys who are organizing it this time, they said, so normally we do that rule, but we're not going to do that rule because we find it's better crack to just say, just deal with it. Till you pain, get shot, you, yeah, you pain, pain for the lives. Yeah. Yeah. Pain, pain is what will get you to move, not anything else. So uh, I found out that there was one in the last game. I was late, I was like behind cover, and someone crawled out into my line of sight, um, and they were full, like in full prone, sort of half behind a tree, half not. And I can still see them, so I just shoot, 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 hitting them over and over again. And I seen it, I couldn't hear them, and I, my face mask or whatever you want to call it was um, all fogged up. I couldn't really see out, so I couldn't see what's happened. But I just seen them like not shooting back and moving, and maybe making adjustments where I was. And I was trying to show. I was like. Are you tapping out? Because I must have hit them about four or five times. So it was just like square one. I was like, are you tapping out? Are you tapping out? And I'm like, and I stopped shooting just to be like, are you okay? And all of a sudden they start shooting back at me. And I'm like, ah! And they cover and they had the, that little choke point there. It was, uh, it was atrocious. Very painful. Very painful is all I remember. I just remember a lot of pain yeah. and getting shot in the back by my own team members a few times. We're not going into that. So, <laughs> um, the lucrative part. What do you mean about the lucrative part? So, so the, basically, well, sorry. So we were on the attacking team first, mm-hmm. and as part of the attack team, I shot eighteen shots, and you get start off with two hundred and then a hundred in your hips. So you have three hundred shots. Literally, after the second round of being on the defense team, everybody I had was gone. Yeah. Listen, and it's eight two pounds, games to go. Eight pounds or whatever for for a wee upsell for a yeah. hundred. Sick. No, I think there's four more games to go because you do one game and you play both sides of it near enough. Mm. Um, but regardless anyway it's like listen you're going to need more paintballs I remember I played paintballs before and I didn't need that many paintballs to be fair you kind of got away with it but I think I think so I think the thing that changed that was it was less like objective based and more and because you weren't hitting people in there and they're going out you're like you're just trying to riddle people yeah 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 yeah. so uh, so I think that was a big factor and also a big thing like, I, like 1000% I couldn't see because it was rain or whatever like that the guy said the mask like I genuinely do you know how disencouraging it is to pop your head up, shoot a target you can barely see, and also barely see anybody looking at you to shoot you. And when you get hit, the marginal of pain is colossal. It's like yeah, especially especially if you get shot in the hand and it's freezing cold and you've no gloves. Like Stephen, Stephen got shot in the hand a, a good few times, and his hands were, were literally bleeding. Like when we say bleeding, what was happening? Is that like the impact was so hard? Like it, 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 it wasn't like penetrating or anything like that there. Yeah. But um, basically, what would happen is the impact was so hard, or the friction was so hard that it would like literally just tear your skin, you know, and just create a little tiny cut. And like Stephen's hands was covered in blood at the end of one game, which was crazy. Yeah, if you look, I, was, actual, I thought I thought so bad was happening. If you, look, if you look at the actual wound, it's a very insignificant wound, but like I mean, there's there's blood. It's a blood. It's a blood sport. Yeah, yeah. Um, but sorry. it was freezing cold. Getting hit in the hand hurts a lot. And um, there was there was near scraps. There was near scraps. There was often near scraps. Fighting fit. Anyway, so fitness. We'll, just, we'll talk about some fitness now, will we? All right. All right. Let's talk about fitness. Fitness. All right. What do you, let's say. Let's just talk about some random stuff. All right. First off, what do you think is more important to be fit or to be strong? Uh, what do you mean fit? When I say fit, condition, condition wise, like cardiovascularly fit. What's more important? I, I would probably rate fitness first because really yeah because I feel like it gives you it just gives you a good base to work off like it's again just my own personal experience I found yeah. that you know I always had a great engine 
to just kind of mm-hmm. run work off. So it meant that intensity was kind of always there because I genuinely was cardiovascular. I mean, like super fit, and I feel like that was always incredibly beneficial to me. And obviously, with that comes strength. You're generally really hard, uh, hardcore conditions. Like you're going to be strong, and so like because again, like if you if you if you can sprint, for example, that's serious power. You know. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. If you can be explosive in terms of cardiovascular output because you have that base level of fitness, like that's where I generated an awful lot of my my strength initially. Now again, that's not anything in terms of like actual power lifting and weight lifting, that kind of strength. But I mean like in terms of having a really wound up neurological What's your what's your front squat? Uh, well we remember my front squat isn't now what it was then. Yeah, but so yeah, you got pretty fat strong. But yeah, I did. But, but that's due to strength training. That's not due to the. But I'm saying that initial base, I didn't find it really that difficult to get strong because it was a I, base there. I think you might be um, misattributing it. I think the reason why you have that base of strength, I think, I could be wrong. I'm not 100% sure. But I noticed it with um, anyone who has done boxing. Um, they have that ability to tense that. <clears throat> Able to get that on for everyone can get really, really where they can dig deep and they can really grind or really like push to where they hit failure and they can really really grind through it. Um, and I find the people that struggle with strength training are Joe way way more chill than that, like way less. Uh, what about Asha Matthews, who's the sprinter? She's very strong because of that same, yeah, yeah, for, for trying for power basically, basically power like that's you, you need that. And um, that's exactly what, what I'm saying. So, like, I knew, like, CJ is really good because, well, she was really, really good because she, um, I well, think sorry, it's well, well, if, if that's the question, well, I feel like maybe then it depends on your goal, doesn't it, really? It's like, you know, it's like, is, yeah. your, is, your, is your goal to be fit or is your goal to be strong? Is your yeah, goal but, be- right, th- this, that's fair. That's fair. But this question, the, the question I'm posing is more, um, you have someone to just want to train with you. They don't have their own specific goals. They want you to decide the best path of, action for them and it does depend on their starting point and all that sort of stuff as well but let's just say they're fresh um, never really trained before and like that they're a complete beginner what would you start them with would you start them with conditioning would you start them with, with weights I think again I, there's a million different ways to skin a cat and I, th- and I think um, Joe there's I don't think there's like what pretty much wrong answers do you don't want to be fit at the end of it or do you want to look good exactly I want to look good let's do some weight like the baby let's build some yeah. muscle Let's build some muscle, but at the same time, like I, I, I love conditioning work because that's like it's very, it's extremely difficult, and I feel like mentally, it's it's very, very good for you to kind of get to that place where you're like, you know, I'm conditioned. Like, there's not a thing you could throw at me that I couldn't do. But it's like mm-hmm. again, it's, it's it's down to personal preference, I suppose. But again, I suppose for me, if somebody would look good, I'd start them off with, you know, weightlifting, but you know, also just by nature me like i'm a pretty 50 50 athlete i mean like i could also on the same respect my first training session could also be let's go for a job you know mm. so it depends like you know it's like i just i i really like both it's one of the reasons why i love the kind of training that we do here like i love a light jog but regardless of whatever we decided to do it would be you know let's let's pace ourselves let's pace ourselves in terms of weight let's pace ourselves in terms of pace so weights and pace it's like how fast are we going here? We're not trying to do it all at once. Let's 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 ensure that you enjoy the session first. That way you can enjoy it long term. What do you think? I'm sure you probably think strength training. You big yeah. I think I think yeah. strength is I think strength is way. I th- I feel like like it's not close. I feel like it's not even close. I feel like strength is way more important. Getting someone like or teaching someone the ability to to be strong and to progressively overload and get stronger is like so much more important than cardiovascular endurance or conditioning. But that's not to say that it's the other side is not important. Like once you have like a baseline of strength, then I would change focus and be like, all right, we need to start getting conditioned with this strength. Does right. that make sense? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Sophie's choice. One's got to go. Yeah, I'm picking strength training. I feel in terms of longevity and all that sort of stuff, like you still get your heart rate up, strength training and all that sort of stuff. Like you can still do it. But I think um, like when I say strength training, I actually, I don't specifically mean like specific strength training. Yeah. I mean like you lifting weights. Yeah, yeah, up, yeah, twenty, yeah, up to twenty reps, exactly, exactly. Right, so, so um, right, right. What about this? A rep range has to go one to three, three to five, five to ten, 
10 to 15, 15 to 20. What's going? Okay, so normally when I'm training, the only times I go for like 15 reps plus is when I'm training smaller muscles. So mm. if I was doing bicep curls or if I was doing lateral raises um, or push downs, I'm hitting 15 to 20 reps um, to try and get to that squeeze and that rip, that, that pump. Um, but in terms of like biggest bang for your, like, so, but that's like accessory. Do you know what I mean? That's like, like, at, like you make sure you hit your main compound lifts. So I make sure to do my main, like if I was doing upper body push, it would be like the main two would be a bench and dips. And I would train anywhere like between one and 12 reps. Or for the dips, even sometimes it would be 15, up to 15 reps for the dips. If I go to body weight, I'm just looking to hit failure after doing weighted dips. Does that make sense? So, uh, and then after that, John, I might do my tricep pushdowns or uh, push-ups, and that would be in that higher uh, rep range. So if I had to pick one to... See, that pump at the end of it is like the best thing ever. No, that's what I was thinking. Like I, I do, you do get a you do get a pump when you're doing like your eight to twelve. When you're doing to hitting eight to twelve, like you do get a bit of a pump, but it's not you don't get that like that tension. You're um, yeah, uh, I would say fifteen plus would go. That's what I would say because uh, you still get benefits. You still get a bit of a pump. You still get stronger. You still get bigger. You know, like fifteen to twenty would go, and I would keep my um, one to fifteen. Cool. Right. One to fourteen, even. Right, but, but for a beginner, for an absolute beginner, wait there. We're not done. We're not done. Okay, go on. Okay. Another range has to go. You can have one to five. You have five to ten, or you have ten to fifteen. So, sorry, one of them's got to go. You can have two, two left. Ah, uh, it depends. It depends. So, like. Like I find, I find I get the strongest. I find I get the strongest uh, when I'm doing one to five, um, but I get the best pumps and the best size change and the best visual changes when I'm doing like so six to twelve reps. That's where, whoa. like, I I suppose I can still get pretty strong doing like six reps. So I'd say I want to keep. I would keep six, six to twelve. I'd keep that. Okay. There you go. So there you That's go. Okay. So it's not about so lightweight is not your ideal preference, but also in the grand scheme of things as well, you know, one to five isn't. It's not just about as heavy as possible, no matter yeah, what. But no. then that also depends. Like it depends on what I'm doing. Like squats. Yeah, of course. I hate doing high rep squats. I hate it so much. You need them. That means you need yeah. them. Uh, same. I hate doing high rep deadlifts as well. So one extra. What one extra? Or let's say. Squat, deadlift, bench press, pull-ups. So one of them's got to go. What's staying? What's going? Um, like, is this from personal preference or like a practicality standpoint? Yeah, your recommendation for the vast majority of people. What's what? What's what has to go? One exercise has to be outlawed. What? What? What's what's got to, What's it got to be? Deadlift. What's deadlift. Going? Just because most people hurt themselves. Yeah, and uh, but in terms of, like visually, it, like it makes you really strong. It makes you really, really strong. But visually, like you, it doesn't look like it makes you that strong. Do you get me? Like it's not like like it builds your back a little bit, builds your hamstrings, all jazz. But in terms of like show, you get more of the squat for getting big quads. You get more of your pull ups for uh, your back, and then you get more of your chest from your chest or your bench press. So like the first one for like like. The hypertrophy you get in your hamstrings from doing deadlifts, like, is not fucking loads, like, do you get me? Mm -hmm. Or I, at least I don't notice it. Yeah. So that, uh, that's the, that's the standpoint I'm looking at it from. Like, if you want to isolate your hamstrings, like, just go on a hamstring curl. That's what I'd say instead. Good, 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 good. What do you think? What's your what's What do you think? Which one would you scrap? You keep would you keep the deadlift because that's a good base for strength? Like, there is a good argument for it. I want like I yeah, don't want to get I don't want to get rid of it. I, I like all of them. I'd probably uh, scrap the pull-ups. Pull-ups? Yeah. What? Yeah, I'd probably scrap pull-ups. Uh, I, I wouldn't like to scrap anything. I know I, I'm going to make this question, but I mean, at the same time, it's like I feel like deadlifts for that, for that, that grit you're talking about, like I feel like there's nothing like it. Like it, it mm -hmm. is, like if you want to get strong, that is the, that is the strongest you're going to 
lift. So I I I went down that line of thinking, but I thought squats squats give you that grind. Squats again, give like, you that I mean, grind. If I could pick if I could pick between two upper body exercises or two leg exercises, like what do I feel like is metabolically the best bang for your buckets? Like I keep I keep squats one day, legs one day, bench press another day. I feel like I'd still get great arms, great legs, great legs. Oh, you're back and you'd be fucking around. It's like fuck. Like, like the only reason why my posture is not absolutely atrocious is because I have I do like pull ups almost religiously. Yeah, yeah. listen. Uh, like I, I hate. Wait, just no. You can't do. Well, how are you going to train pull doing yoga? That's the hardest part to train. Yoga, like yeah, when we do. Yoga. Yeah, but like you can't get you can't develop your pulling strength. Like there's a thing, I right? The, I, I heard this. Hey. I heard this when I was. So you actually do. You do need pulling strength, and the better you, the more you can pull, the more you can push, which is cool too. So, like, if you want to get your bench up, you know, get really good with your bent of rows and your and your pull ups as well. Like, if you get a strong back, bent rows. Nobody said I can't do bent of rows. Just can't do pull-ups. Okay, okay, okay. Well, but I think the pull up is like the one of the best exercises ever. Um, the what was I saying? Yeah. So, like the when I was doing the strength conditioning course, one of the things we were told is that your pull strength should be a 20% more than your push strength to back, keep everything balanced. And the reason for that is that, like, if you take look at all the muscles in your back, there's way more musculature on your back than there is in your front. But we only care about the front because that's what we can see all the time. Does that make sense? Honestly, anybody you look at who's really in shape has a big back. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, big, like, a big back is, like, that's when, you, that's when you're starting to become thick. Like, if you've got a big back, it's like, listen, bro, you're starting to look weaponized. Yeah. Yeah, but you, it's not prioritized because... Uh, but, and so and so again, that's one of the reasons why I would feel like maybe I'd scrap the pull-up. I feel like maybe the pull-up, and obviously I know you can do way to pull-up, is probably just not the best bang for your buck in terms of developing pull strength. Like again, a lap pull-down would do something very similar. You know, almost bend. better, yeah. And it, with it, the deadlifts will help you develop your your back as well. But it's just you won't get that, and then you won't get the biceps as well. You don't get the biceps. Where are your biceps getting worked? Eccentric bench press. Um. So there's that. Cool. So let's say let's finish it off just with a bit of nutrition, just to round it out. What are your what are your top tips for hitting protein, Chris? If you have any. Um. So have like like have two protein shakes a day. Number one, like have two shakes a day. Super super easy. Have like a period of time or a trigger to do that. For me, it's when I come in from a workout. As soon as I'm in from a workout, I go straight to the kitchen. I get my blender thing, oat milk, and make sure you like it as well. Like if you like. The protein shakes um, that we sell here, the often nutrition ones, I love them. I absolutely love them. I have it with oat milk, not because it's really good for me, but because it's delicious. That's why it's refreshing. It's like it's on the. It's not like a thing where it's like, oh, I have to. It's like I can't wait for my protein shake. So having a situation where you have something that you really, really like that you're drawn towards, so you don't have to use motivation or willpower to do it. That is number one. And then after that, having foods or or things like. Meals that you know how to make, you know how to shop for, and you have the ingredients readily available. Like that is really important as well. You know, like the amount of times that I have like messed up my nutrition because I was like, oh, I don't know what to make. I only have this here and I only have that, and I don't. I'm not ready. Um, that has like messed up my nutrition more than anything else. So if I was to hit my protein, I'd make sure that I have like high protein recipes. You know, like proats or scrambled eggs and toast super super easy ones for for breakfast a chicken sandwich for for lunch is perfect as well or a chicken salad or a steak salad or something like that there is also really really good again and then uh, for dinner i like spaghetti bolognese or i have loaded fries or something like that there but it'd be like mince um would be my the majority of my protein and my carbs would be chips or um, spaghetti or something like that there um adding stuff in like a uh, cheese cheese low fat cheese usually has high protein in it as well and um, greek yogurt is a great snack one of my favorite snacks is i have greek yogurt whey protein chop up a banana and then like a scoop of peanut butter in there as well there's about 45 grams of protein there straight away um so having having a snack like that there that you like again if you don't like it, it's fine i remember people used to tell me about greek yogurt and i used to be like ooh. I literally used to like think like who is eating Greek yogurt? That sounds rotten. Then you mix it in with the weights. It's really nice. I like it. I really, really like it. And I with have, fruit, it's I put well, somebody on there quite recently and I haven't yet done it myself to be fair, but cottage cheese, I'm not sure if you're wearing the macros and cottage cheese. Somebody's asking me. Yeah, they're class. Like, they're class, but I don't want to try it. It's the same yeah. feeling I have with, yeah. with Greek yogurt. It's the same. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. No, if you sweeten that, do you understand did you, did you, did you any obviously I literally haven't I don't think I've ever eaten cottage cheese. Have you do you eat cheesecake? 
Love it. Do you know what cheesecake's made of? Cottage cheese. No, not cottage cheese, but it's... <laughs> I was like, no, please don't tell me it's cottage It's cream uh, cheese. Philadelphia. Yeah, cream cheese. Cream, cream cheese. And so again, have you ever eaten cream cheese by itself? Yeah, it's wrong. Yeah, well, there well you it's, know. it's yeah, not it's rotten. It's like, it's man. Sour. It's yeah, sour. Yeah. sour. Sour would be the word, like sour tart-ish. So yeah. it's, it's a lot along that line. And how do they fix that? For cheesecake. They sweeten it with powdered sugar. And so the same thing with cottage cheese applies, except so if you find a way, and the fitness industry has found a way with cottage cheese to sweeten it with cottage cheese ice cream, cottage cheese sweetened up in something similar to you having a Greek yogurt kind of yogurt style situation. And the macros are absolutely incredible. And I have put a, put a couple of the clients on to challenge them because they were looking for, for something. I was like, I, honestly, I've seen it. Definitely worth your while trying. You're struggling to hit your protein and you're running out of foods. You really don't want to eat. Give it a go. They gave it a go. Text me. It's like, I will never judge cottage cheese again. And so I'm sure it's something you can do in order to kind of expand it, expand your repertoire. No, 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 no. To, to, to refine the texture. I'm sure I think it's a little bit lumpy by nature, I think. And I'm sure that obviously, you know, put it through a blender, it's going to be grand. And so again, yeah, like cottage cheese would be another one, guys. Absolute insane macros. Sweeten it up. No water to Happy your protein. Greek yogurt, mince, steak, chicken. And how do we know all the macros? My fitness My um, yeah so another thing as well is i think it, like to remember how much of each one there's not that many you know, sources of protein but how much of each source of protein would be a portion of protein for you you can decide if it's 25 grams 30 or 35 grams of protein for a portion for you and then once you have that portion set out so i know my portion is 150 grams of chicken breast i know that that's my portion so it's like oh if i want two portions so i'm gonna need 300 grams of chicken breast does that make sense like yeah. So you need to like not that you need to, but like it makes it so much easier, and then you can guesstimate later as well. Stressed me. What de-stressed me is I used I figured out that what I thought it served my chicken was I thought that was twenty grams of protein, and it wasn't. Then until I looked, I was like, I'm eating 40, 50 grams of protein in that serving. Like what I considered a serving was actually a lot more protein than I thought, and I took the stress off for a day and made me more successful because instead of going, oh fuck it, it's too overwhelming, I can't hit my protein. I was like, oh geez, I'm actually a lot closer than I thought, and so it's important we measure and track our food. How, like, I think it's important to, like, recognize and maybe empathize with the perspective of, like, it's really hard to hit my protein. Resistance Resistance is so hard. It's so hard to get into that kind of routine where you're going from who you are and what you're doing currently to that kind of change or you're starting to incorporate new foods. It's consistency of I have to bottom hours to make a breakfast. Now I need a snack that's high protein as well. No one needs snack. It is. It's 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 it can be very overwhelming, I think. But you also have to leave all the other foods that you've habitually gotten and eaten as well. Do you know, like uh, there's do you know, like oh there's a lot of identity around food as well. Oh, I love my like for me, I love cream eggs. That's like an identity I have for like I love cream eggs. If there's cream eggs at a shop, I go like happy days. Do you know what I mean it's a, like the the with the identity around it? That's also um I think like with people who have like, oh, I'm a jelly person or I like I, I like ice cream or whatever whatever it is that people... The big thing is, is it's comfort food as well. It's like, you know, an awful lot of your fitness foods aren't going to feel like comfort food. Like for talks, like one of my biggest comfort foods growing up, two two big meals, like for me, are like, you know, beans on toast and noodles. It's like, listen, they're not going to work. I'm sorry. They're not going to work. You have them once maybe on a Saturday. You know, when was the last time you had beans on toast? Oh, I don't know, nine months ago. Nine months ago. Yeah, it's not something I really eat anymore, to be fair. Just, it's just, I can't it's, remember the last time I had beans and toast. Yeah, I, and I mean, guys, like, I literally ate beans and toast every day for five years. Like, I swear to God. He did. You, no, you really did. This is um, the, the other thing, though, that I want to say, like, see, we were about, like, the, there's some people who are like, oh, I don't eat anything in the mornings. Oh, I'm not really, I'm not a big rubber in the mornings. That identity as well. Um, or, you know, like, oh, I just work right through. And, you know, I, don't really, I only have a wee small lunch. And then, so like to have something atrocious for dinner or they'll snack or whatever it is like so people like they'll act like they're not human like they don't get hungry and stuff like that there as well because of the identity that they have and then but then they're sn- snacking and picking or getting calories from all these different places that like to be completely unconscious of or just not or not aware of i i heard i heard somebody honestly like i love social media i know people give social media an awful lot of time but i just find like so many simple ideas that are just kind of tossed out you'll get somebody and just have a fresh perspective like i, I heard somebody say and like it was so, such a simple idea it's like you know, why is chocolate making you fat? And I was like, this is fucking stupid. But again, it's like, it's so important. It's like, 
Do you have any idea how many calories can be squeezed down into a cube of chocolate? It's like, it's super calorie dense. Just remember that. It's like, how many calories do you think it is? It's probably way, like I, I took out a chocolate bar there. Somebody got me um, as, as a wee present. They kind of came back. And I asked uh, Chris and one of the clients, so how many calories do you think is in this? And they were like, 700. Chris might, have, Chris might have got fairly good. I got it right. I got it right. I know exactly how much calories is in it. Because, yeah, again, he tracks, he's aware, he understands calories, he culture. Only because I know, only because I've only because I've, I've eaten it and then checked it after and fucking hung my head in shame. <laughs> oh, God, that's... I was like, like, no! It was a Galaxy share bar for like fucking yeah. 10 people. And wait there, wait there. This thing is for 10 people, but... Is it really for one person? Like I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much how much sharing you do, but I get a bar like that. I, I usually do it by myself in a dark corner in my room, eating it. I sure no one ever sees me. You didn't share with anybody else. That's what I'll tell you. Yeah, sure. you I think I ate more of it than you did. I don't think so. I don't think so. Have you seen my face? Um. So yeah. Anyway, long story short, it was about two, two, twenty, twenty-one hundred calories, something like that. An insane amount of calories. And so again. No, it wasn't that crazy of a volume of food. So no, you didn't eat that much in terms of volume. You do eat that much in terms of calories. And just coming away from these habits and these beliefs and all this kind of stuff is like, it's very, very difficult. And I feel personally, I'm not sure if I talked about this in the podcast the last time, but I feel like, again, I, at, at the, the risk of repeating myself, you are being gaslit by other people out there who are trying to lose weight I'm doing everything I'm eating 1200 calories and not losing weight you're not it's like they're lying to themselves and they're gaslighting you because they're telling you that there is a situation that happens where your hormones kick in and I was going to do a post there the other day I never got around to it just yet but hormones make you hungry habits make you fat very simple all right your hormones can 100% make you hungry but it's realistically only the total calories consumed are going to make you fat I hope feel like now again at least on my social media that's quite fucking Right, I agree, I, I agree with you. I agree with you at like ninety five percent. But there are there are genuine there are genuine like hormonal reasons for people like retaining weight and staying staying fat that actually do go outside the fact that they're eating and all that sort of stuff. Like there there are a uh, there are cases back like that. Back it up, uh, tell me. Back it up, tell me. Uh, all I forget I forget the name of it, but there is a thing where a. Uh, Ladies can not just ladies, but people can store fat um, in like specific areas. Um, for one, one that I know is like legs. Ladies and their legs, they hold like loads and like they might be skinny, literally like skinny everywhere else, but just their legs hold on so much more uh, body fat. Um, I forget the name. I forget the name of the disorder. Well, fair, fair enough. And what happens if we keep just going into a calorie deficit? So it, it like it, it it does work. It does help them lose weight, but it's like nowhere near the same rate as everyone else. It's uh, it is much harder. And then when they do store fat, like when they do lose the weight, they lose it from show their skinny parts first, maybe, and and less from their their fat parts. So it's like a, it's it's it is more complicated. And there are special uh, circumstances like that, but those are incredibly rare and like absolutely not the norm. And, and the reason the reason you're not losing weight, like your point is still, let's say 95, your point is still 100% valid and I think it should still be reinforced. Like the reason you're not losing weight is not because of your hormones. It's not. But, but a, good, a good coaching cue for me in that situation would be say, right, well, what you need to do is if, if you're not happy with how you look, but you still have excess amount of body fat and you, that you're also not happy with, then we got to start entering a muscle building phase. You have to pack on four kilo of muscle over the next two or three years because we need you burning way more calories and burning up that fat and still looking, quote-unquote, thick. You know, it's like you don't want to look skinny. Fair enough, I get that. Let's not gaunt you out. But at the same time, it's like you're going to have to build some size here that you're a more effective fat-burning machine. You can get leaner quicker for less effort. And so hopefully then the muscle on your leg will start nom, 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 and up all that fat that you got. And so, again, it's like, listen, there's different ways that we can do it. But at the same time, it's like at the end of the day, it's all about calories in calories out are you been consistent with your strength training are you building muscle over the the you know the, the last few number of years and what is your diet and habits like in general and again if it's if it's chaotic if it's not routine you know chances are it's not going to go too well for you in terms of your health markers your your social life and all that kind of stuff because it's very hard to keep up you know like you know burning the candle at both ends and just kind of being a little bit haywire structure is best for most people whenever you're trying to do most things so you know, I always think about it as like with my kids now, something me and Chloe just do automatically. You can't really help it. It's like you just you just want movement for them. 
it was like it's just something that's like oh, you just, oh I just want you to move you know it's like oh it's, you know I, I just want you to eat or you know I just want you to um, you know I, I just want you to sleep we just have these instincts for ourselves we want you to have a routine we want you to have this kind of stuff because we love them but yet no we can drop all those standards and disregard them for ourselves and maybe we don't even understand or take on those it's not until you love somebody you know more than you love yourself that you kind of start raising the bar a little bit maybe if you're not at that stage yourself but it's like you know when you have a kid or maybe you maybe you're in a great place mentally and you start to really practice self-love is like you start wanting these what i would say you know quite innate desires for health you're like oh i want plenty of sleep for myself i want to be hydrated i want to have good nutrition i want to move lots i want to have routine that's like well, i think i think i'm um, having so because you have kids like it might be easy easier for you to see it externalized you know like you can see the results of joe mason not getting much sleep Mm-hmm. And how it affects him, and how, then how it affects you and everyone around you as well. When you're he gets hungry, when it's yourself. yeah, when it's yourself, you're in it. Like it's really hard to see, but when you have that extra thing where you can see on someone else, it's really, really important. Um, and that's why I like communicating and having a, a good friend group or a good family group or you know, people to talk to and all that stuff around that. Like, because if you aren't looking after yourself, they can be like poking at you, being like, "Oh, you seem really tired lately. How's your sleep?" You know, that's one of the things that we do all the time. One of the things I ask people all the time, Joe, if someone's run down, like one of the first things I'd be like, oh, how do you sleep? And 99% of the time is like, oh, shit. I'm like, you know, no wonder. Just, <laughs> no wonder. Somebody literally said to me, it's like, they're like, oh, yeah, it's not going well. Oh, I'm not feeling today. I was like, oh, I was like, oh what happened yet? And they're like, oh, nothing. I was like, oh, well, I'm not sleeping great. It's like, oh, well, there you go. That's it. <laughs> that's no, like, there's a great book that I recommend to everyone. Um, for me, it gave me uh, a it gave me it gave me a lot of guilt uh, about not going to bed on time, but also maybe that guilt is good for for one video. It's called Matthew or Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Um, he is a PhD. He's a PhD in sleep or in basically like the science behind sleep and the effects that it has on your body. And he just says like, here's all the different things that you think is going on, like stuff like having a wee nightcap, like having a wee drink before you go to bed and all that sort of stuff, or stuff like marijuana and how that affects your sleep. Some people smoke that just before we go to bed to try and help them get to sleep and how that disrupts the through your skin room and how it actually disrupts your sleep. Um, and a load of different other things as well, like with light and screen time and all that sort of stuff and how you know, not having a routine would affect you and, and the stuff that you're missing out on when you don't go to bed at like certain times. And there's stuff like chronotypes, as well so like there are there is such things in early bird there is such thing as like you know someone in who's an idol um which is real cool it's actually tra- like there's an evolutionary reason for it as well which is cool um so understanding what chronotype you are is really important and understanding um like when you miss let's say your first two hours of sleep you know like you, you can't just get that back it's not just something that you get back or that you can catch up to on the weekend it's like it's gone you missed it sorry so the benefits that you could have got there are no longer the the options not valid anymore. So like sleep is one of those things where like the, there there was also an analogy used um, I forget, but it was like you, your brain is basically built like evolutionarily on top of old structures. So first you got basically like your your reptilian brain, uh, which is basically you know, like eat, drink, sleep, and Joe you know, have sex. And then after that you got your your mammalian brain which is basically like your social sort of brain where you can act as a herd or you know, in different groups and all that sort of stuff. And then on top of that, then we have our human sort of side of brains with our prefrontal cortex and all that sort of stuff where we can actually have forethought and insight and plan and empathize and have theory of mind and all this other stuff. And when you get less sleep, your body, like your brain stops functioning like on the human level and comes down to more of the mammalian level. And when you get even less sleep, it goes more to just the reptilian level. And that's how you live and experience life that day like it just i guarantee like sleep for like three hours all night and then just like notice how you're not really thinking or planning ahead you're not really like all those extra things that you or abilities you have just like they're not like you can access them but like it's really hard you don't really want to you're like oh god like you just want to eat sleep or like cuddle do you know that's that's really it and what's my mate (laughs) um so Sleep is really, really important as well. It's also really important for having energy to spend. If you can't, like, if sleep is really important for testosterone as well. I don't know why I'm going to attach about sleep, but sleep is really important for testosterone. And testosterone basically makes effort feel good. And if you have terrible sleep, like, you're basically going to age, like, 10 years in terms of, like, testosterone production. So, like, when you, let's say, are underslept and you have to do a workout, like, oh, God, it like, feels real hard. But if you're well slept and you have loads of energy, you go do a workout. Like, whoa, let's go. There's yeah. a level of yeah, exactly. There's a level of enthusiasm there as well. 
Um, so that's also uh, very, very important to, to know too. So lads, if the you want that, Why We Sleep. Why We Sleep. Yeah, absolutely incredible book. Incredible. Love it. So, Wouldn't be a point for podcast if we didn't end it with a book recommendation. So guys, obviously you don't have to read the book. If you're not much of a reader, you can always get it on Audible. And I would definitely recommend an Audible subscription. You cannot regret a little bit of an investment in yourself and in your education. Guys, honestly, thank you so much for taking Great the time. Great excuse for getting your steps in too. <laughs> so listen guys, we can chat all day. We could, we might, maybe not today, but maybe the next time. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Follow us on all the socials. We're on YouTube. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We're on all the fun stuff. So make sure you subscribe. We'd love it if you shared the podcast with our friends. Click the follow button. Click the like button. It really helps us out. And we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.